rock and roll. Kia ora everybody, what's up? It is Rebet. Uh, it is a mellow, mellow morning here and I hope everything is a-okay with you. Uh, I thought I would just jump on for a quick little video. If you are tuning in right now and would like to join me on the show, I'm just going to put a little link in here. You can literally just boom, connect up, uh, jump in and I've got a question for you. Um, I've been watching these social trends in New Zealand and especially in the comments um, for all of it in terms of the media, the back channels, the texts and all sorts of bits and pieces. And it's become very, very, very clear, especially in this last little bit, that uh, New Zealand is now insanely divided. And it is it worries me a little bit, but also I think, you know, when you see problems, you see potential opportunity. And what I've been thinking about is... We've got a wave, the first wave of this is great. We're, um, you know, island nation. We've locked out the world. This is awesome. The next wave of holy shit, this is now not going so good. There's going to be other waves that come after. And eventually, when it is all said and done, there's going to be this um, opportunity I see around how New Zealand can potentially connect back up together and we all become all become one. Um, how do I know it's divided? I can see from the social sentiment of all the messages, specifically a bunch of the back channels of people in the business, ecosystem, government, councils, all sorts of stuff that I'm connected with. And a lot of people are not happy. But more importantly, from a business perspective, there are a several uh, key people that I've seen that are actually looking to exit their money out of New Zealand. They're not feeling comfortable right now with what is and um, what's happening, where it is going. Um and so Tewanga Johnson just says, uh, New Zealand has always, I would agree, my brother, uh, I think it's very clear that it's become more divided, I would say, within the last little bit, is I guess my point. Um, and the voices are getting louder. If you look through the stream or even right, I've been seeing a whole bunch of different decision makers, especially on LinkedIn, um, a lot more people are speaking out publicly around specific things they think about business, hospitality or tourism or uh, mental health or whatever it may be, which so um, one of the things I've been thinking about is or is how almost the roles feel like it's been reversed a little bit. If we look at what's happened in the States, of, which I've been in the last uh, 18 months since I've been able to get back, is basically no one wanted to be in America. It was a shit show. And, you know, 750,000 deaths, insanely um, bad rollout, spread, budget craziness and New Zealand was a safe haven weirdly enough now it feels like the roles have um, flipped a bunch where people are now stuck it's going on I guess week week 10 it's looking to potentially December which makes it a bit tricky so I'm trying to get to the point um Calham <laughs> Hamlin there is no one as racist as a racist that's probably pretty accurate <laughs> um if you would like to, i've got a question for you is how do you think what is the tone of the nation right now uh if you'd like to join me i've put a link in the comments you can just literally click that link or pop up you come into the little chat room and, we can, and you can um feel free to have your um have your say and ask you basically what's going on so the next part of it that i've been thinking about is um how do we potentially uh, unite what is what are some ways in the future like not obviously it's not going to happen right now because clearly we're dealing in the midst of stuff but it feels that every single business call I've been on or everything that's been going on is uh, the first 10 five ten minutes of every business meeting is basically bitching about stuff and then you sort of get into the, the other stuff there and I've been thinking about some ideas to go forward uh, Lisa says I'm considering homeschooling leaving the country and how much these changes will impact already marginalized computers think no school for kids at home in poverty with domestic violence Lisa that is a flipping really good point because I might have even said it a couple of times before when we had Lisa King on the show from uh, eat my lunch 
when the lockdowns were going on, she said one of the biggest dangers they had was actually worried about people, um, kids going to school because school was their safe place. School was where they were not potentially in a home with domestic violence, with parents that were, you know, abusing them for a variety of reasons or whatever. And uh, which I totally agree as well. Um, Hayden, scary as don't want to end up divided like the States. Uh, Hayden, I would agree. Um, the states for being United States of America through, if you look at the response of how it's gone state by state, is anything uh, but. Uh, segregation is not Aotearoa. I would also agree. Um, so um, if you're watching this right now and want to jump in, click the link below um, and you can come in. I've just put a, put a link there so you can either comment or you click it. So the challenge that, or the question would be, how do you unite? Is it a community thing? Is it, a, I mean, how does this get better for all? Like those that feel they have been wronged, how does that, how do either politicians or community make that, make that comeback? Um, what can you, what can you control in your ecosystem? That's another sort of part too. I wanted to share this just quickly. Um, what I'm interested with this is, uh, there was a quote in here talking basically about how they're looking to uh, shorten the MIQ stays. But this is the line which I thought was pretty much summed it up. More than 100 people with COVID are isolating at home in Auckland right now, yet fully, fully vaccinated travelers with no COVID have to spend 14 days in MIQ. Also, just quickly on the MIQ bit, is those that are going to MIQ need to go into the crazy lottery to be able to get in. Then they need to pay three grand or whatever it is on top of that. Um, uh this system makes no sense. It is unfair and illogical. I would 100% agree. So just remove that out of the way. Um, Gareth, decent is the answer. Gareth, whatever could you be talking about? <laughs> um, but potentially, uh, Lisa says exactly the, the vaccine will not stop these issues. They are excess, or just shit, that's a big word for me this, this early. Um, Lisa, exacerbated, I believe that is the word. Um, Jesse, how do we get that already reserved MIQ spot? You're telling me, mate. I got no flipping idea. I've actually tapped out from that whole process. I've been like, stuff it. James Robinson, what do we have in common? I'd like to say we we all want New Zealanders to be healthy and safe, but I feel various factions might not be willing to believe that about each other, potentially. Actually, Anthony, I saw your post last night. I'm going to send a link. If you want, if you can, Anthony, jump in. Because Anthony had a banger of a see, Anthony. I actually screenshotted. I, I see these things, Anthony. I saw your um, what you posted last night. Oh shit, sorry. And I sent it to a friend, and I want to just bring it up, and I'm actually going to read it out to everyone. And this is how um, one of the reasons uh, why. I actually wanted to do this video was because of your profile from last night. I actually today said, given the increase in vaccination mandates, what's next? If children aren't vaccinated, will they be prevented from potential? Good question. And this was Anthony's um, post last night, which I screen grabbed. Uh, this country I know and love is turning into a hateful, divided nation fueled by this government, which is now dictating to private businesses who they can and can't hire, is legalizing de discrimination on medical grounds and is rewarding essential workers like nurses for their dedication and sacrifice with pay freezes and now the threat of job loss if they decided not to be vaxxed. Just quickly on that. Uh, my wife's a nurse and I fully uh, think nurses should be 100% paid more. So stuff all you guys for putting them on freezers. Nurses are heroes. Stuff you guys. Next one. Um, the erosion of our fundamental rights and the disdain which our Kiwi expats are being treated and denied the opportunity to return home is disgusting and unparalleled. Also jump on that. There are so many people that want to get back for newborn babies. 
you know, trying to potentially see if I feel with loved ones, sick ones, whole bunch of other stuff. This is also stuffed up. Agreed. Um, power corrupt. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Our PM. Uh, now, this is uh, not, uh, I'll do a disclaimer. This is uh, those thoughts potentially of this individual and not those that represent the channel, businesses, or any sponsors associated with it. Uh, our PM is on the biggest power trip with her unrealistic world-leaning initiatives. All spin, no delivery. I hope you and family get the chance to come home and be re reunited with your wider family and friends. And um, there was Anthony, um, strong, 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 uh, strong comments, strong thoughts. Um, people need to read the Canadian Constitution and the Charters of Freedoms. It, it feels people who are not impacted do not unfortunately care. When times come, they do. It will be too late. Interesting. Uh, Phillips, I don't believe unification can wait. We need to act now. Philip, I would love your thoughts. I'm going to put a link in if you would like to join me on the show. Literally click the link, pop in, and I can um, put you on for, for your two cents. So I'm a little bit nervous, but at the same time, I see, you know, being a radical optimist, I always, I, you know, see the stuff that sucks and I also see potentially what could be awesome and great. And I feel that New Zealand feels like we we're leading and winning and then the same strategy all of a sudden now we're down to like 39th or whatever and it's kind of stuff so um i've been thinking about what are some ideas that we could do to unite? You know, do you have a big concert do you i mean what do you do um tom look or agreed nurses are heroes shit yes tom 150 yes nurses are heroes and doctors obviously but my wife's a nurse so nurses are caller whatever um yes 100 uh but on philip Philip, I've got a question for you, Philip. You've just said, I don't believe unification can wait. We need to act now. Uh, so what would you do, Philip? How would you act now to try and potentially unify New Zealand? What would you do? Um, Guy Rickard says, Guyzo, first, for starters, you're a bloody great human. Happy you tune in. Much love, brother. Uh, we're scared and confused. The mandate could potentially lose one third of our customers facing business when we move into this new 90% traffic-like framework, whereas if we stay on our current alert level, we wouldn't. Interesting. Guys, though, if you uh, obviously you're, you're watching and listening, if you'd like to jump on the show, um, hit the link. I'll put a thing up here. Um, boom, boom, boom. Did you join? Uh, I'm currently supporting the Hikoi, Mr. Hollis. Our country is divided. It is divided. You can, you can, you can 100% feel it, and it doesn't feel cool. It doesn't like I always, um, I always feel that New Zealand's been very. I love New Zealand. Still flipping awesome, right? But at the moment, it doesn't feel flipping awesome. And it makes me feel not cool. Uh, guys, if you want to jump in, um, we're getting confused. The mandate could potentially use a third of our customers. Yeah, so so how would... Okay, so say, guys, for you specifically, if you're the government right now, what do you put in place and what processes would you do for small businesses, uh, potentially like yourself, to try and make it better? What would you do and how would you do it specifically? I'm interested for your thoughts. Uh, Anthony, uh, my wife and I are contemplating selling up and moving abroad to reclaim our freedoms. And I know many successful business people are looking to do the same. So funny you say that. Uh, another friend of mine done very well. He's got a shit ton of money. I was emailing him the other day and he's literally trying to figure out how to get all of his cash out of New Zealand right now. He's like stuffed this for a variety of different, you know, he's obviously uh, in the business game and this is having a direct um, impact on him. Um, Jason, I think I saw someone just pop into the chat. If you want to jump on the show, literally just jump in, click the link. And I would look, 
I'm such a stubborn bastard. I'm standing, I'm going to stay here until flipping someone joins me and talk shit on back with me. So, uh, Anthony, where would you go if you were to leave New Zealand right now that would give you more freedom? And please don't say Texas. Um, and what is some of the feedback that you're hearing from other business people specifically with the impact this has had for the long tail of how the recovery will potentially may be? I would love to know that. Um, change the rhetoric from the pulpit of truth for a start. Kelly, I don't know what pulpit means, um, but I'm imagining this is like listening to potentially one person that might be telling you everything that knows what's up as the source, single source of truth. I could be wrong, but please let me know if I'm right or wrong, probably wrong. Uh, Mike Harrison. Oh, what's up, Mike? We love to think of ourselves as world leading. How about a, dr a drive to be the first to open up in a safe way, a radical view of our M review of our MIQ process to allow Kiwis to travel and much needed talent to enrich our recruitment market as much as it. Mike, flip 100% agree. If you want to jump on, literally click the link and then I'll be here. Do your makeup on. Or, hey, dude, you're bored like me. You don't need makeup. Just flip and jump on, mate. It's all it's all G. You may have your, your jammies on, not your business shirt, which I can see there. But I want to talk about talent for a quick second. I feel with last year, New Zealand missed a big opportunity to try and attract epic talent to New Zealand um, for business, about a, a commercial magnet for opportunities which businesses could have come through. I, now, weirdly enough, talent's looking to leave. So not only did we miss a, a potential global magnet opportunity for good talent and commerce and global businesses, when the world was paused and we were moving, we didn't attract as much as we potentially could have. And now that they're moving and we're stopped, talents and money is looking to leave. So this is like worse, like way worse. Uh, Mike, interested for your thoughts, especially on the talent side, because there's going to be a massive, I mean, like what tech's the second, third biggest export in New Zealand right now. We've got a massive solid tech, tech shortage. Like this, it's flipping nuts. Um, I think that if our government has gone about this in a better way, there would be less divide. The government has always had a our way or the highway approach and indigenous people all over the world have seen the negative effects of this approach over and over again. I believe that there needs to be more options. We should be promoting boost our natural immune system just as much as we're promoting vaccinations. Solid chat. If you'd like to join in, literally hit the link and good, interesting one. Uh, Tom, bull foreigners need New Zealand vaccination certificates and they can get them if they don't have Pfizer jabs or we're just riding off tourism industry. Funny you say that, Tom. I know tourism is not only extremely hurting, there has been a bunch of, um, I knew this would happen. After the first lockdown when people didn't have much cash, I was thinking that there's going to be big roll-ups in this space. So essentially overseas capital coming in to try and roll up and acquire a bunch of different mergers and acquisitions of good physical assets that existed in New Zealand, which they could then commercialize after it opened back out. And they're flipping basically like did is is happening. So um, I would be interesting about what you think about how this will affect tourism as well. Anthony says, potentially return to the UK where I previously lived for 19 years, where my wife is from. Okay, Anthony. Uh, actually, Anthony, you know about this investment stuff. I'll ask you. You've dealt with some big money shit. What is the headspace of those with a shit ton of capital right now in New Zealand that are looking to deploy that capital? Are they still looking to see it as um, undervalued assets which they could um, capitalize on better with different infrastructures in place? Or are they just saying, stuff it, Let's buy some Bitcoin? What would they be up to? Um, oh, fun for life. Yes, chair brother. Good chat. Missed a good opportunity to attract local talent as well. Brother, Tangaroa, if you're listening to this, flip and hit the link, jump in. I need to talk to someone. Someone has, to, I'm going to put the comment in again. 
here's the link. You can literally jump on the show and um, and get in the mix there. Hundred percent on the talent, right? Like, what's the play there? Cora Samuels. What changed from be kind to Araha from afar? If she if she had have held those messages and continued this, and maybe that's a maybe, the people would have listened to her. There's been no messages reflective of the last year, earlier this year. Fano versus Fano, friends versus friends. It's a sad time. Yeah. So maybe the one piece I would maybe jump in on this was is when you're talking about like leading with kindness and care and people. There's been several instances specifically at the border where there's been people like, oh, I hate, it sucks to talk about. A friend of mine who I grew up with in the, in the snowboard game, Trevor Ponting, he got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer in Japan and they wouldn't let him home because they didn't think it was severe enough. The dude had a flipping terminal brain cancer. Then we came up, went flipping heavy online Everyone pushed to fucking Helen Clark jumped in the mix. It took the ex prime minister of New Zealand, Auntie Helen, to comment and tag in flipping Jacinda, and then t- within twenty four hours, a leading story on the news and shit popped. That's one story, right? Which everyone then got behind. I got him behind it. Super. I was emotional. I was crying. All sorts of shit. You know, he got home to be with his mum in Christchurch, and he passed away a couple months later. That's one story of potentially hundreds or thousands that people are dealing with right now. That's not leading to flipping love. Like, what are you flipping? It's pisses me off anyway um oh team we've got our first guest i'm 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 hyped i'm flipping hyped all right how are you brother? how are you so so uh, who who are you and where are you from uh i come from Omamri beach just past dagaville bro you know i was born in dagaville uh, mate rd4 rd4 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm RD3. Yeah, yeah. No, They're like one street up, one RD away, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I so, I wasn't expecting to be on. I was just watching you. <laughs> well, surprise, my bro. Um, so what's the, what, what's your headspace? What are you thinking? How's, how's the, um, what's up? What's, what's on your mind? Okay, yeah, well, basically, sort of, I just wanted to put it like, about what you were saying about these, like, um, I was invited to go to the Hikoi up to Waitangi and with the uh, Hiwaka Putanga, and they're all being stopped at Mercer and all of that sort of thing. So I've been having waru-waru's with brothers, uh, with Māori, who have been takahi on their mana, because most of my whanau where I come from, they've all taken the vaccine, and I refuse to take it. I'm 100% anti-vaccine. And it's not because there's two reasons. The first reason is because it hasn't been sort of like properly researched. And like when these doctors in that say that it's um, safe long term, how can you say that? No one can say it's safe long term because they haven't studied the vaccine long enough. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying that the vaccine's poison or anything like that. I don't know what it is. That's the first concern. But now I've really dug my heels in because they're saying it's going to be mandatory. I know a bro, I just spoke to him last night. He's leaving his job, which he's had for about 25 years with the government because he won't take the vaccine. And I know, you know, like other people um, on my Facebook page and they're trying to wrestle, should I take it? I'm going to lose my job. I can't go to the gym, you know. So that's my main, my main take with this uh, regime, with the government regime, is uh, the fact that they're trying to impose force mandates 
our vaccines onto the people. That's not right. Huh. Well, Lisa, just coming through, calling unvaccinated people unsafe is absolutely divisive and and wrong. Interesting, my bro. Um, and so just quickly, what would it take for you to get vaccinated? Uh, well, basically, um, I'll, I'll be straight up with you, bro. I wouldn't be prepared to be vaccinated on, on, for a few years because at this stage, unless it's a natural vaccine because we have strong immunizations, okay? I mean, for all I know, I could have already caught COVID-19, bro. Because um, when I was in Auckland and I was going to Les Mall's gym there, and basically I was uh, in the sauna with this fellow who had caught COVID-19 and he told me, and this is straight up about not long after that, I got this flu, but it was the worst flu I've ever had. It was like I had a burning fever and I had all these conditions that they said that, that you get with COVID-19. But because I was staying at the backpackers at the time, you know, in a single room, um, I just stayed there and just self-isolated, bro. So I was, didn't know if I was had it or not, you know. But I wasn't Did you get tested? To... No, well, that's the whole thing, bro. I wasn't going to go and take the risk because I know they would have tried to force me to get vaccinated. They're trying to force me um, right now, my own whānau and uh, uh, iwi, um, te hā oranga, all of those people. Yeah, so like the doctors and the Māori doctors and nurses where I come from here and all my own whānau are saying, oh, bro, you need to get vaccinated to, to protect us. They're all vaccinated. And what I say to them, but if, if you're vaccinated, how's it going to hurt you if, if I'm not vaccinated? It's not going to affect you. You know, if you, whether you have the vaccine or not, you can still catch it and you can still pass it on. So, but if you're fully vaccinated, then how am I being unvaccinated going to hurt you? You know? I hear you, man. Hey, appreciate you jumping on, brother. Best of luck for your day. Hey, kia brother. Kia Cheers, brother. Cheers, brother. There you go. Putting anti-vax in the mix. There he is. There he is. Nothing, <laughs> Good man. Uh, do, do, do you need? Do you need? Do you need me to introduce you? Or does it just everyone know who you are at this point? Is is, is that how? <laughs> are you just that? Are you that baller of a status? You just roll up like everyone already just knows. I'm just covered in <laughs> shit right now, bro. <laughs> How's the audio? Uh, you right? bro? You're you're sweet and all good, but um, I thought it would be remiss. I couldn't. Um, I got on one. I'll also bring in the bro geyser. How are you? three-way love fest both of you uh, boys, i don't know if um geyser farm for life uh only uh ugliest one go first that'd be me oh i was waiting to see who's gonna say they're the ugliest <laughs> the, shirt, the shirt's not doing me any favors at all go for it geyser what are you thinking look i thought I, I thought i'd jump on just because you, you you essentially just asked a question you know like for small businesses and stuff and um Obviously, I commented and said that with the whole new, this whole new um, light, you know, this traffic light framework that they're going to roll out once HDHB hits ninety percent. This is as far as what is what I can understand from it, and maybe this is the whole problem: is that the the, the teaching and the communication behind this whole thing is just not that great, so we can't really understand it. But at the moment in Hawkes Bay here, we're in alert level two, I think it is. We're so we're, we're kind of free you know we just have to wear um masks and all that kind of shit mandates are not in here but they will be once we hit this traffic light system um 
currently we've, we've got this hairdressing salon. We can operate freely just with masks and all that kind of stuff. As soon as we hit this 90% threshold, which essentially would, you'd assume would be safer because of the vaccine would be in the majority of our, um, our area here. Mandates then become enforced into this, this, as soon as we roll out into this new framework, which means a third of our, our clientele who are not wanting to get vaccinated won't be able to come in. So we lo essentially lose a, th a third of our business straight away. So it's it's because the mandation of those that want to try and get in, if they're not vaccinated, they can't enter. So by them not choosing to, they can't then get the product or service. And then the more yeah. that I hadn't I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Not only that, one one of the girls that also rents off us, she doesn't want to get vaccinated. She's not an anti-vax person at all, but she just would choose not to because she'd she'd like to wait. And look, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not vax. I am vaccinated. Um, I'm real pro-choice, but I just like I, I actually don't care what your stance is at all. I just think you know get protected if, if you can. Um, so her choice is her choice, which is which is great, and she doesn't promote that and crap, which is fantastic. But with moving again, moving into this framework, she will then lose her job essentially because she won't be able to work because it will be a, a mandated, um, you know, area. She won't be able to make any money. All of her clients will lose. We'll lose the rent off her, um, and and yeah, as, as I said, like a third of a third of the clients, which we know are all, you know, because we <laughs> it's kind of a, a hippie type of salon. Um, we've got we've got a lot of uh, we've got a lot of customers that, that don't want to don't want to do that kind of thing, which is you know again choice. Fair enough. I say go get the fucking jab, but whatever. Um, that you know that's <laughs> that's the, that's the choice, but essentially. It, it fucks us because there goes a third of our our, our income and and then and if your and margin yeah, is if you if, if instantly your business's margin is less than the percentage of people who are unvaccinated you instantly don't have a business we don't have money so we'll close so, down and then what so we'll go on on the benefit along with a, you know a third of everybody else who who doesn't want to get the job and loses their loses their job uh, sorry the jab and loses their job within four weeks like what happens then they just go on the government benefit with everyone else and then puts another more strain on the government and our economy. Like what I just, yeah, it's so backward, seriously. And so frustrating that we just, we just want to gap the country as well, because it's just, it's just getting to the point where it's like, why, what's the point? It's a guys. It's a really interesting point around the fact of that percentage. Cause I'm imagining that majority of businesses run under a threshold of under 30% net profit anyway. So mm. they're taking, I mean, gross anyway. Right. Um, uh, Tangaro, you want to jump in, bro? What's on, what's on your head? How are you thinking? You talked about telling bits and pieces. What, what's your deal? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so with the dairy industry, I'm, I'm only going to speak on what I know. So with the, um, with the dairy industry, we rely heavily on um, people coming in from, whether it be India, Philippines, Spain, uh, coming in and filling these big, these big work uh, gaps in our in our industry. We got every second farms um, they're roughly around a labour unit short, and it takes costs about twenty thousand to replace their labour unit. We've really got a heavy churn within our industry, and so we've got like people are just stressed to the max, man, because they just don't have any stuff. So I'm the opposite to you guys. Are. You know, we've got our industries locked, bro. We're sweet as an industry. Mm. We're guaranteed income, um, but we just got no staff. 
and and so when my my comment uh, was talking about we haven't adapted early enough. We haven't set ourselves up as an industry to provide skills using tech, uh, which is what Rebecca, you already know what my hustle is. But I'm the only one that's doing it, and there's like nobody's done it yet. So we've got all of these people in Aotearoa who are, you know, freaking talented as, and we haven't been able to sexy up our industry to attract these people into a, a really well-paid job um, with a lot of skills required. Um, with really p- well-paid opportunities out there and opportunities with really good succession plans. And and we've got, you know, as a nation, we've gone into lockdown and all the rest of it, but we're still functioning at level zero on farms, pretty much. Um, you know, and yeah, so, so it's really frustrating for me because I'm like, all I'm hearing all for all my friends and, and my family guys are as um, situations like yourself, bro. And we're the totally opposite. We're the total opposite, but it's affecting us really bad as well what's that haves and have no it's haves and haves not because say within tech tech is going double and triple up and everyone's just getting smashed and then those are in some of the services are at zero like when that first lockdown basically anyone that was a decision maker in a business was working doubly hard than anything and if they weren't they were literally sitting there with their hands and their ass can't do shit right but i think your point though is in terms of the attraction for talent my question would be what percentage out of all of the people employed within the dairy industry are actually these like overseas crew that are coming over and, and, and stuff like what's the split between Kiwis working versus overseas people? Yeah, it's about 40%, bro. So 40% Kiwis, um, 60% normally offshore. So 40% of the Kiwis, majority of them are the, are the bosses, the contract milkers, shoe milkers, they're the employers, you know, and uh, we're applying on the bottom the people at, at the bottom are uh, normally the people coming and filling those roles, and that's why there's high churn, eh? So all the bosses are having so, to go back to get dirty. <laughs> I get it, man. So on that there is your frustration, the fact of a bunch of these people are losing jobs and they don't know what to do, and then you're sitting there like, well, we need double and no one's wanting to come to do the work. So it's an engagement and attractment issue for the sector, right? So, you know, dairy recruitment has a marketing issue. Is that kind of the buzz? Bro, it needs to sexy up. So I'm, I'm not just talking dairy. I'm talking everything, bro, like dairy, equine, um, freaking um, seafoods, um, like everything in the primary industry. Everything's been rocked, you know, because we're still operating. Mm. We, You know, we, we're, in the, we're in the business of, of production of um, protein. Um, so, do you so, think farmers are going to make more money or less money in this? Say, in this last eighteen months, do you think make more or less? And now, without staff, but the demands are all the same. How how do you, they fill that gap? Right, they just they just working their asses off. Like we've got we've we've just had the highest payout year, and I think nearly in his, in history. So we're getting paid more than ever for our product, but we everyone that's at the tops having to go back and fill the gap because. The huge shortage of staff, so it's um mm. yeah it's pretty crazy. Like bosses, yeah yeah, so crazy crazy. But I was just, hey, I just want to touch on one thing, Rebecca. Uh, there's a lot of anti-vaxxers saying, you know, um, well, whether you're anti-vaxxer or people that just don't want to get the jab, which is sweet. I'm I'm like pro-choice as well. But I think one thing that we're all missing when we have that conversation and say, oh, you know, if I get it, I'm no less likely to get catch the like if I get the jab, I'm no less likely to get COVID. I can still pass it on and all those sorts of things. Like that's that's well and true, but for myself, I've got my parents are seventy five years old, and um and a lot of my friends, you know, and I'm in an industry with 
such high risk of uh, in- injury in my industry. You know, we've got we're probably one of the most dangerous um, industries to be in. And so, uh, when when people say, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm no different," but the our ability to fight over, fight that that immunity, uh, fight that um, fight the COVID is 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 way higher, obviously. And so we're not going to fill all the all the problems at the bloody at the hospitals, right? Because like, we've got we've only got four and a half beds per hundred thousand people, and Aussie's got eight and a half beds per hundred thousand people, and they're stretched to the max. So we're we we've got half that. So well, that when, I think. No, I was just going to say on on that on that point partic- specifically, uh, there's been a couple of people talking about the l- lack of potential naivety over the last year after it, we came out of lockdown. Everyone just went for it. There was no ma- main macro infrastructure put in place to be able to cater for when the next thing happened, and then the same thing happened, the same infrastructure, and now it's just almost back. So then the question becomes: Well, what were you doing for the last year when you know what the numbers were and you know the the lack of preparation? You know, um, guys, what's your take? Take on the whole whole vax thing that we just we just talked yeah. about. Um, yeah, look, you're spot on. It's not about me. It's not about it's it's about everyone else. It's about the vulnerable. Um, we're we're in a, a really weird situation family wise at the moment. We have essentially lost a bit because they are so fixated, so fixated on the on the me. They're so incredibly fixated on their own immune system and I trust my immune system and stuff. What happens if you are one of those ones that you don't know, but your, uh, your respiratory is com- compromised or, or something is compromised. Um, you've got an underlying health condition that you don't even know about. Sunshine's not going to fix you. It's not going to save you. Um, <laughs> look, again, I am very pro-choice here. What I'm very, very anti is not having any information and blasting it all over social media um, because that just spins off spirals of just wormholes of people grabbing content of what they want, bits and bobs, not even, you know, and 10% of a fact is not a fact. And you're going to spin your, spin your own yarn on it, pass it off to someone else. You've got Chinese whispers and all of a sudden you've got a podcast where two people are having a yarn about something that they don't know anything about to, Two hundred thousand subscribers and just and putting crap out into this world. But anyway, I've seen it so much and it's just it's incredibly frustrating. We've got um, obviously my wife's got um, family over in up in North Queensland and we can't get up there to see them. And Pre- her, preach, guys, yeah, hard. Um, we've got yeah, so we've got vulnerable family up there. We can't, we literally can't go and see them. She, her mum has got three health conditions going on where um, luckily then they, they are life-threatening, but luckily she's still cruising on, but we can't get up there. We literally can't get up there. One, because when if we want to come back, you know, we can only go for sort of three weeks or something or else we're broke as anything. We can't get back into the country. They're going through some stupid MIQ process and, and then paying another $3,000, so $1,000 each. I mean, for the for the two of us to get back, there goes everything. Um, and we've got, you know, people just, they, they don't understand that and go, the reason why we're trying to get vaccinated here is to protect those who are in a more vulnerable position um, like them. And they have to get vaccinated or else, you know, if, if they get it, if they get COVID, they mm. would literally die. And they've been told that from um, their, their doctors. 
they didn't want to get it. But they went to the doctor and, and, and they said, the doctor said to them, look, you're pretty compromised. Um, if you don't get it, then if you, if you know, if you don't get the jab and you do get COVID, then you will die. Uh, so that was the doctor's advice. So, so they went and got it. Um, but the point I'm sort of trying to make is whether, whether you're pro or anti or, or, or whatever, one stops spreading so much shit on the internet that you don't know anything about. If you're not an epidemi epidemiologist, shut, shut up. Um, if you're not a, a vaccinologist, shut up. And read proper facts. Just well, it's click it's it's clickbait mafia with it as well, right? Um, yeah. Anthony's jumped through. Uh, my family have all decided not to support any businesses carrying out a no jab, no job, and demanding proof of vaccination from customers. Acting as just sent as COVID police. Uh, Andrew Thorne, a week of government borrowing could build a hospital for the vulnerable. You don't lock up the healthy and you definitely don't take away the general freedoms for the sake of the 1%. Government literally has no foresight. That's for Andrew Thorne. So that was the thing about basically when the world when the world was still on pause and New Zealand push on play, what was the infrastructure that was um, built? Uh, the question I asked Anthony about where the rich are taking the money. So this is old billionaire dollar flipping McNaughton over here. Uh, I know several diversified into cryptocurrency, partly driven by their desire to get the assets out of the overreach of the scrumpment. Oh, that's a wormhole. Anthony, let's not talk about that online. I'm probably going to get yeah. tagged as it is. Um, Jesse, the doctor won't give me my mum an exception unless she gets a heart attack from the first one stuffed. Andrew Thorne, the COVID passport is the start. You have to buy carbon credits through it next. They'll never get to 90%. Many early vaxxers, pre six months, already have the, have the vaccine and it's already dropping in ability. Um, until a booster exists, Auckland should get comfortable. And that's a... It's a preach uh tamadi the bro tamadi uh politicians are hiding behind fear and dividing us based on race and zip code they literally are, are running scared um geez so, man people are just getting into it today kia for the corridor shot uh more people on the benefit more unoccupied votes um trevor yeah. uh oh, what's up trev i uh, just heard from auckland's landmark hospital businesses uh, capitulating the city is going to look different a month from now well this is from that retail hospitality side i know um first time from a bunch of crew that they're literally thinking about just pulling the flipping pin uh love this podcast hayden says preach guys are well said uh, Kelly, she's a weapon. Uh, where there is a risk, there must be a choice. Those who are uncomfortable with Vax want to have the conversations about being demonized as tinfoil brigade. One way to get people across the line is to be transparent with all risk and adverse reactions so people can make an informed choice. That's fair. Great. And hi, oh, bro. 100% anti vaccine proud. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, David Casey, uh, Andrew T. Yeah. And also abolish speed limits. We'll only use 1% or 40,000. Oh, jeez. Uh, at least, I mean, look. <laughs> I see the argument, but that, that I would I would listen to that. I, I, I get that kind of um, trust the science. They said, remember the sausage. Um, oh, here we go. Okay, he, he wants to jump. He wants to jump on you here, guys. Let's, let's let's go for it. All right, let's go down the rabbit hole, guys. Uh, who are you to say that? What facts? Your facts? The facts of the pro vaxxers There are many reputable immuno immunologists. I don't know. Sorry, uh, who oppose this vaccine? Get it right, man. There, there you go. So we've, we've now got our first lot of beef. We can go for you. Um, anything else, Tangaro? You got a boost? What are you, what are you doing? You, you boosting yep. away? You good? Yeah, I'm going to boost, bro. I've got a bloody Zoom call that's in four minutes. So um, love and leave you, brother. Good good <laughs> chat. Um, nice to meet you, guys. You too, man. Yeah, sure, Tangaro. Be good, my bro. See you, brother. Uh, sure.
Flipping good bus. Uh, for those who don't know, that is Tangaroa Walker, the legend, the man, the myth, the, the farm for life legend, uh, who's who's joined us in the mix. Um, now, appreciate appreciate it, guys. It's going to be a tricky one to see how this navigates out for for the rest. Um, hope you're well and good, my friend. And uh, cheers for calling in, legend. Thanks, boys. You too, Shachi. There's the bro, Geyser. For one of my snow homie Marfa from back in the day um if anyone else is kelly if you're uh hayden willis trevor uh jesse tamadi andrew if any of you would like to join or anthony uh here is the link i'll put it in i'll do the last little rounds if you'd like to join the show to um say your two cents that would be good some interesting comments so far from a bunch of people um colleen Great chat, guys. Get the Vex team. Colin, if you'd like to join, same thing. Hayden's jumping in the mix. Here we go. What's up, Hayden? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I'm real interested on that. Go for it, bro. What's up? Interested on the, your talk about unity. Mm, go for it. How you push that. Um, I became an aspiring politician last year, ran for the top party just because I could see uh, how the country's going down a certain line. Yep. And I just want, I'm more for that unity part and kind of we can lift up the country and we're quite a wealthy and amazing country, as you say, and we can deliver this for all. What, what would you do to kind of unify us? Well, this is a call-in show for you to tell me your IP, not me, give me, give you mine. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I literally did it because I don't know what the answer is. And it's like, I think more pro, a bit, I guess a bit more macro. I'm, I'm fast forwarding down the food chain where, um, you know, everyone's all vaccinated or not. The world's back and trying to be order, but there's going to be this underlying experience through this last through, through COVID which has clearly divided uh, many politically, potentially socially, race, racially, geographically, like everything that's become extremely polarizing for many. And I don't, um, if new things aren't created to build unity and it stays divided, the brand of New Zealand starts to get tarnished. And from a global perspective, I'm thinking more from, I guess, globally looking at New Zealand going, okay, what needs to happen to bring that back or else all that happens is you potentially run a fake ad campaign for what New Zealand is supposed to be with its people to the reality. And then when you've got a disconnect on the reality, it, sooner or later that gets exposed and it becomes actually a, a bad thing for all. Right. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm intrigued maybe for this question to you, which is why it's in my show had not asked you the fucking question <laughs> is when you decided to go for politics and you ran what was your vision that you thought New Zealand could do better? And then since seeing this last 18 months in New Zealand, how has your headspace potentially changed? Good question. Um, so originally what I loved about joining top and what drew me to that was uh, property. That's a big driver for everyone. Like New Zealanders love property and it's a step to improving your life. Um, it's only become worse here and there hasn't been any kind of drive to help out everyone. It's all about kind of the 1% at the top, the 30% raise in uh, property prices over the last year. Um, I've enjoyed seeing that Labour and National are working towards together. That is a good unity sort of thing. Um, 
why didn't this happen three years ago? That sort of thing. Like what, what, why did that have to take this long in a pandemic crisis around the world to make this? Um, but I, I, I feel that we are getting further apart. The division between people has um, created more anger on either side. Like the people who are trying to lift up people, it seems as communism. We're, we're nowhere near communism here. Like we need to go back to some civics classes because like we do have a lot of freedoms here. Um, we just have the ability if the top 1% kind of give up a bit of their power and their massive growth potential to lift up people, we could be such a great country. Um, you talked about an illusion here. Uh, I lived in the UK. I've got a British wife. And we we look down on the UK quite a bit of things, but they do a lot of things a lot better than us. We, we're a bit smug on a few things. And I think we can get to where we think we are, but we just got to give up a couple of maybe as a taxes, density, that sort of thing. But we've just got to be willing to um, lift everyone up. So if you if if you were prime minister and top party was in power with a majority by a landslide, <laughs> what, ha, what would you do today? You walk in, you're like, all right, you Muppets, this shit's what's going down. <laughs> yes, Go, like what would you call. do? Uh, universal basic income, first thing. Interesting. What, right, like so right in the middle of in the middle of the pandemic, yep. it's not health and science; it's it's um, UBI. Yeah, money to the people. Reform. Hey, like we've got this economic up and down. People might be losing jobs and stuff. How about we make sure everyone gets a minimum amount of money? Doesn't matter if you lose your job; you're already getting that. Isn't that what's kind of happening with all the businesses now? Anyway, that could be argued. It's going through the business, so it has to. I'm accountant as well, so I'm dealing with this on a daily. It has to go through the business. The business has to apply, and then pay it out, sort of thing. How about we get rid of that and it's just straight from the IAD to everyone, given a minimum. So you're saying level. it's currently a B two B play because it's got to run through a third party and you're just going direct to consumer. So it's correct D to C. Interesting from government to the people. Yeah, and, and when we did these numbers, the election it was fully paid for. Sort of like you get rid of um, wins. Well, you simplify wins and get people there to deliver the real social help that is required. Uh, It was a thing I loved. It was just great. It pushed every uh, minimum wage earners over living wage. Imagine the power they'd have for businesses, putting more money in people who are going to spend it instead of um, the rich property owners. Mm. Um, We've got a pretty big comment which came through from a LinkedIn user. Uh, just a general observation that within the current discourse, there is a lot of one-upmanship. I would agree. I would uh, there, I, Just on that before I even read the rest of it, there has been some flexing going down with some jabs of, of a certain uh, business leaders in New Zealand. And I would actually say that it's, it's I wouldn't say clout chasing is the word, but let's maybe say it's it's copyright copyright one-upmanship to see who's can throw the bigger social jab of at the government or whatever else i would i've seen a lot of that uh people don't want to be honest uh people want to be right and this really obstructs anything constructive from happening i would also agree um Rebecca, what we think about the subject is not of primary importance how we treat those who think differently to us is and we can only do this for some in- intellectual humility and and actually engaging with people to see where they're coming from i have no opinion either way only what 
I don't know, maybe it's thing kept like out because he just went he went so dude whoever LinkedIn user is is insanely smart. Uh, so if you're a dear LinkedIn user, if you would like to uh, jump on in for the chat, you would be more than welcome to jump in LinkedIn user. Maybe maybe I'm not connected to them, but they are watching it and they've got their settings hiding so it doesn't share their name and thing out. I'm thinking, or could be wrong, but if you are, I'm going to put the link right there. I would love for you to join the show because I actually think that is extremely smart. Um, David Casey then said, uh, Francis Hauger, hopefully I said that right, Hauger has a smoking gun, engagement-driven content referrals on Facebook unintentionally favors division. Well, it's on reactions and eyeballs, yep. Unity is the is a destination. Once you're unified, you have nothing to debate and for no reason to be engaged in debate. Also agree, David. Uh, whereas division is a cycle where the user can be trapped in the cycle and the provider of the forum clips the ticket. Yeah, now we're going down a social little rabbit hole. Uh, do you have any thoughts on algorithms, content plays, where how it changes potential human behavior in society? Hayden, I know it's a very loaded question, but stuff it. Yeah, let's, well, let's go there. Especially uh, <laughs> politics is one thing because you always try to prove someone else is wrong or you can do something better. Like that previous person said 100% right that um, we're not willing to be wrong, I think, in society and accept, hey, humility and that. And mm. I think that drives into the Facebook and the social media about how it winds us up and we just want to keep keep going back and keep biting at something until we get whether we're right, whatever the drive is. To, it's like know, that angry married couple who just keep going back <laughs> until, until Keith, he, he wins, but he sleeps on the couch. <laughs> yeah. and, like it's, we're human. We're not, no one's perfect. Everyone's got something wrong about them and can't be hundred percent right. But that's, it's not a, it's not a flaw. We just got to accept that uh, we're not always right and uh, bring everyone into play. Do you have any thoughts on the social media Aside with how algorithms change human behavior, it's dangerous. It's dangerous, man. Like um, uh, we we believe in freedom and capitalism to grow, and this is this is um, it's leading down a bad path. I, I don't have the right answer for it fully. I just think it's yeah, it's inciting a response and not not thinking about things. What was the um? Uh, I got a political question for you. Do you think a system could ever exist where voting is done on an issue by issue basis and not party by party basis? I'd love it. That'd be great. Why would you love it? Um, we could, instead of it, politics at the moment is all a popularity contest. That's all it is. Simple. <laughs> um, if we could like narrow it down to just what is actually better for society? Well, that's got to be win-win, doesn't it? How do you think that? What would be the benefit for the people be if it was issue by issue and not party by party? Um, you could actually. So, well, the main parties in New Zealand, Labour and National, are just fighting over the middle. They're, they're not really cared about making big changes because they're worried about getting voted in next time. If they were just aiming to get stuff across the line, wouldn't that create quite a powerful enterprise to actually push ideas? Hmm. I get it. Hey, appreciate um, your time this morning, Hayden. Thanks for um, for calling Thanks, in. Mate. This is um, turned to a good little. But 
Real good uh, program you got here. Uh, love all the people's talks, different ideas. It's awesome. This has been unplanned. I literally just got to my desk and I pushed go. So here we are. So don't give me any credit whatsoever because I'm just freestyling this shit. Shut up, brother. Um, that was Hayden joining us in. Uh, gone for, went for politics last year. Good on him. Pretty tricky thing to try and navigate. Um, this has been a very interesting chat. We've gone for shit almost an hour now, which I would not have expected. I've got a whole bunch of other stuff which i'm supposed to be doing <laughs> which i haven't done for the last hour um and maybe we'll potentially into there i'll open i'll leave it up for maybe one more minute if anyone else would like to um jump in jump in in the next 60 seconds or we'll be shutting this thing down for the day um but i wanted to talk to a few different kiwis who are in the in engage in the world of business um uh here we go. Oh, well, let's give him some props. Here you go. Thanks for the interviewer. I'm actually signed up to StreamYard as well for my political party. Um, there you go. Uh, maybe go for a .com and get out the Weebly. Might be better for people to try and get to. Um, yeah, so last minute. You've got 30 seconds left to go, and then we're done. Um, David Casey. Thanks for that shot, David. Uh, good banter today, today mate. Um, David, uh, it's a good point that you brought up around this algorithm talking about that's a different we can that's a definitely a different conversation which we could potentially uh, get down on another little rabbit hole um you got about 20 seconds left i'm about to pull the pin uh and that's pretty much it good good banter i had not thought about what guys was talking about basically saying if you're unvaccinated you won't be able to come into different businesses and if say 30 percent of people are unvaccinated that's a 30 percent drop in revenue instantly overnight and if your margin is less than 30 percent basically you don't have a business and then you'll be stuffed which is obviously not good. Henry McShane, thanks, mate. A-OK, Henry. Bloody A-OK. Uh, sometimes these are these are good to do. I could just sort of add, um, get a sense of the, the vibe of what's going on. It doesn't feel good. So uh, that's probably enough for today. Um, hope you have a good one. Whatever you're doing, um, Makata Henry. Thanks, Rhett. Shot. Uh, Matt Smith, Unity for me is via de decentralization, uh, via immutable truth and governance. In my, in my future, this will happen. Thanks for the chat. Solid. Dan Clearcorn, great chat, brother. Shot Dan, hope you're winning. Matt, I also hope you're winning as well, my friend. Uh, long time no here, and I hope you're charging and rocking uh, in the Tron. All right, uh, last point to think about. Uh, unity. How do you think New Zealand can build its way back to each other and back connected? I'm kind of getting a bit sick of every meeting for the first five to 10 minutes, just bitching about stuff. <laughs> it's probably just probably not taking up the, the best, most energy um, that we potentially could be doing with our time. So I wanted to just tweak it out a little bit and start thinking about what that potential bit of unity could be for New Zealand. Have a good day, everyone. Hope you went in. Hope you're well. Rock and roll. See you all soon.